previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. They had me on to predict the Oscars. I guess it was in 2017 yes. or yep. maybe January 2018, I think. Yeah. And I everyone was saying Shape of Water, which Mr. Tony was freaking out about because he was like, it's about, a, what do you say? He goes, it's a mute that makes love to a fish man. Yeah. I'm never watching that. <laughs> and they called it Grinding Nemo. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Hi, Roxy. Hi, Chuck. Hey, Littles. Hey, Ritz is back. It's been Here a while. I, I know. Well, you guys have been just flying high without me. Well, you, you were celebrating Hanukkah, so we didn't want to <laughs> we didn't want to mess with that, you know? You holidays. I was getting lit, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So did you have a nice Hanukkah? I did. I did. It was really fun and got to enjoy it with the family. So that was really extra special. Oh, that's Good. great. So you two, why don't you go get a cup of coffee or a drink? I'm, g- I'm going to go off for about five minutes here. Uh-oh. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I do I do have special permission from Patrick Moffat. Uh-huh. And he actually kind of encouraged me to go off. And I don't, I don't feel the need. I just feel like when there's been a wrong, it should be righted. And Uh-oh, hopefully... Did we do something wrong? Well, hopefully next season... We have a lot of fantasy to get into. We're going to go over all the fantasy stuff, but I don't want to go too far, Roxy, because people are going to think I'm bitter. No offense, Ritz. I was kind of hoping Tiny Chuck was going to be around tonight for a simple reason, because he's sort of involved in my, I don't know what you want to call it. Let's just get into it. Chuck here was hosed. I was hosed. That's all I'm going to say. Apparently, that's not all you're going to say. Okay. Well, and again, I got permission to Patrick and, and multiple times. We already had a conversation via Twitter and he felt bad, and he said, go off, because he doesn't necessarily... All right, Roxy, uh, you and I have to step out for a drink now. <laughs> yep. No, I mean, I'll be quick, but I was host. <laughs> Apparently, the tiebreaker isn't what most people think it should be. There are some people... Anyway, basically what happened is I finished in a tie with the last spot for the playoffs, and even though I beat this person, Chris Davenport, head-to-head during the season, and not only did I beat him, I crushed him. Mm-hmm. Crushed him. He is in the playoffs over me, even though we have the identical records. And I beat him during the regular season, head to head. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, that should be the tiebreaker. And specifically this season, I'm going to go through it quick because everyone played everyone at least once. Now, in the past, apparently that hasn't happened. So what they do is they go for points scored. Okay. Okay, fair enough. That's not how it was this season. I think it should have been changed. I didn't realize it wasn't changed because even like three weeks ago when I beat him, I was like, oh, he was the number two seed. I was like, that's going to be good for me later on. Yeah, you were excited about that. Yeah, and I got screwed. So <laughs> anyway, well, then the other thing is so there are a lot. Some people are saying, well, points scored should be a better judge of, you know, who should be making the playoffs. And so Tiny Chuck, I just looked this up, Roxy. How about this? Can I, if that's the case, then why isn't Tiny Chuck in the playoffs? Tiny Chuck had the second most points scored in our league for the season. Wow. But yet, but yet he finished seventh. What's that about? Hmm. I mean, this is what I mean. It's so skewed. If you're going to go by just points scored, he has more points than the current two seed in our division. Mm-hmm. So anyway, enough. Spent way too much <laughs> well, time. Well, I won another week, so I'm happy about that. You did. I'm glad you won on your way out. That was great. I Wait, mean, so now that's it? Yeah. Well, now we have playoffs. You, you're, we're in consolation games. So, hey, Chuck, you and I have to do a little side action because your Saints, my Jets. This oh, Sunday. that's right. Ooh. OK, yeah. well, we're favored, but I, that's dumb because we have no team. <laughs> we have no team. Yeah, well, real, listen, real quick. Fan, huh? Let's go, let's go through these. Our division was the barrel that has no bottom. I think Ron St. Amant, shout out. 
unbelievable. The overall best record of all the divisions. Wow. I believe he was 10 or 11 and one. Shout What's your out, secret? Shout out Eric Barnes as the only person this season who beat him head to head. Wow. Now, he didn't even make the playoffs, but so I don't know what happened to Ron that one week. Bill Isaacson coming in second, Paul Parmley third, and then, as the mentioned, tainted. Chris Davenport <laughs> getting the four seed, even though we ended in a tie and I beat him head to head. All right, next. No bitterness. No bitterness at all. Just kidding. Good luck, Chris. Raj, <laughs> next division, Raju's Rejects. We have Jamie Julian. Winning, well, she hasn't won yet. I mean, we're in the playoffs, but she's the f- number one seed. Cool. Patrick Moffitt, the two seed. Jeannie Byers, three seed. And Spike Braun, Gary's son, is uh, in the four seed. <sighs> then we have Uncle, about- ben- Uncle Benny's Table, the last division. Anita in Alaska, the number one seed. Cool. cool. John Miller, second. Jeff Turner and Luke Overby bringing up the four seed. So congratulations. And I'm sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it again. Tiny Chuck, congratulations on scoring the second most amount of points in our division. But yet somehow that seems to be the most important thing. But yet you're not in the playoffs. So I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, that's the fantasy football update. We're just kidding. Hey, I had Roxy, a- how about you and the Tom Brady juggernaut? Where did you end up? Uh, I think you were five and eight. I don't remember. You were one below Tiny Chuck. You were almost, yeah. almost to Tiny Chuck. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She did well though. She started off really bad, and I then she started, went four in a row. I started yeah. out going for most losses, and meaning like losing every single week. But then I won a few, and then people didn't realize that they had oh. players that were on a bye week. Speaking and didn't of, fix it. So I won those weeks. So Roxy, sorry, you snooze, you lose. <laughs> Roxy, I'm really glad you brought that up because yeah. here's another problem with the playoffs, Patrick Moffat. There's teams on buys this week. How can we be in our playoffs? And what a mess. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Thank you, Patrick. I should have started with that. I mean, putting this all together, it must be crazy. And we had some fun off off air. And he knows he knows. Not as crazy as the Berserker League. No, that's because this is already that's ridiculous. Set up for you. And Sully from Boston sent me a little video of hit one of his because he said he could do that. Yeah. Uh, He sent us a, a thing he put together for one of their weeks. I don't even know what it was called. Unbelievable. The the amount of time these guys have to put in. But yeah, again, Patrick Moffat, thank you for putting this all together for the littles. It can't be easy. I know that. And uh, I'm having some fun with it, obviously, because, you know, I'm a little bitter. But and he said I could go off. He gave me complete permission. I'm like, I don't want to do that. It's all for fun. And you do a great job. So thank you again. Speaking of thank yous, Kate Milan, Brandon Jones. I mean, what can we say, Roxy? I know. That was I mean, so much fun. They came to support Roxy at Radio City. Yep, in my show. And it was just so fun to see them afterwards. And actually, we met Brendan in Jersey. Yeah, we had um, met him at Summer, Summer of Littles. Littles. Right. Uh, but to meet... And Ritz met him too. Yep, yep. And to meet Kate Milan in person right. was so much fun. And... Oh, I just, I love meeting all of you. Yeah. If I may speak for you real quick, I mean, because this happened to me at my show the other night too, where you don't under, after doing so many shows and so many shows to have someone there, you kind of know, or I mean, so we sort of knew Brendan from Summer of Littles, but you know what I mean? When you have just people in the audience after doing like two or three shows in the same day, you know, it's, it's nice to it have gives you that, that little kick. And I know we're pros, so you should be having that little kick anyway, but it helps. And let me tell you. Roxy does not do evening shows very often. <laughs> That's right. Brendan came so to an evening show. Brendan came to an evening show, and my dad also came to that show. So my dad got to meet a little too. Oh, that's true. And that true. was exciting. Yeah. But just to know that I was doing a show at a time that I don't normally do shows, just to be able to 
perform for people that I actually knew in the audience just helps so much. Absolutely. So much. And the cheering just, oh, it was a, it was great. Yeah. So thank you so much. And we have a few more coming that we know yeah. of and we're excited for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just thank you littles for the support. It's really sweet. Yeah. It's not necessary, but it's very sweet. It we is. really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the matters at hand. I'm just going to whip through these cause we're going to run short on time. So we heard from Rupesh Sharma, Chuck, you did pronounce Chillicothe correctly. I am surprised. Whoa. <laughs> what do you mean you're surprised? <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, I was surprised too, honestly. Yeah, but, your track um, record's not that good. Yeah, we heard uh, from Tony Beeson. He also confirmed it right away. So that was nice. And Rupesh was like our stat boy of the week. Well, Jenny was too. Uh, Jenny Robbins was close. Mm-hmm. But we, he says, Chuck, Hard Knock Life was covered by Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z. Now, I, I had looked that up because yeah. I, I wanted to know too. And he also says, Santa in Elf was played by the great Ed Asner. That's right. We just talked oh, about because he just right. passed away recently. That's yeah, we right. did talk about that. That's yeah, right. Yeah, sad. But So he was a pretty good Santa. Probably not the yeah. best one we've ever seen. But Tim Allen. We were talking. Uh, that's yours. I cast my vote. Yeah. Well, now, Rich, you did write to us about that. I mean, I I don't necessarily agree, but uh, (laughs) go ahead. Tell them what you said. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the littles might remember the story of a certain engagement or proposal on the stage (laughs) at uh, Radio City with a Rockette and a Santa. Right. Yeah, that's true. I didn't know that was even an option. (laughs) I feel like a horrible life right now. No, (laughs) stop. That's true. I should have been your favorite Santa. And then we did the Friday Five, Santa and Mrs. Claus. That's Uh true. I repeated my role as Santa. (laughs) That was dumb. Anyway. All right, let's move on. We heard from Jenny Robbins. This is for you, Roxy, basically. She says, so first, Darren is the best. No contest, really. No. So what are Roxy's thoughts on the best Mrs. Kravitz or Louise? And yes, I'm a huge fan of Bewitched. What would you expect from a person who has a black cat named Endora? Now, I know nothing about that. So you're saying second, Darren. No, I'm saying first, Darren. Oh. I agree with her on that. Oh, I thought you just said no. Oh, okay. Right, meaning no, there's no contest. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's like I thought you were disagreeing. <laughs> no, all right, not at fair all. Fair enough. And wait, Jenny Robbins, you have a cat named Andorra? I guess. Am yeah. I understanding that correctly? That's what it sounds like. Okay, and the Mrs. Kravitz thing, I need to look that up because I'm just now vaguely remembering that there were two. Oh. Um, I want to say the original. Okay. Well, we'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. Then we heard from Kim Wilson, two L's. I was the one who said I couldn't be a Lions fan. Now, I don't want to root against them, but I really can't justify being a fan of that franchise. Totally fair enough. I totally get it. Ritz, how do you do it? You're in the same boat, really. You know, it's funny because somebody, one of my friends who is a big Lions fan, like we were actually arguing a week ago about which team was worse. Like we were defending the honor of claiming we were more terrible than the other team. (laughs) And we're speaking (laughs) of the Jets, of course. Yes, exactly. And his argument was he made the statement that in the Super Bowl era, there is no worse team in the NFL than the Detroit Lions have been. Hmm. You know, they've never been to a Super Bowl. I think they've only won oh, that's one true. playoff game. I can be corrected on that, but I think that's right. And yeah. yeah but at least you have Namath. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's been downhill ever since. But I mean, in the last <laughs> 20 years, 30 years even probably, you know, you got to say it's about the same. Almost. And you know, well, you that's look, not true. That's not true. You made a couple few AFC championship games. That's that is true. Right. Is right. True. Okay. So it is Detroit, hands down. I have to say, it, it forced us to go to the all-time NFL 
winning percentage chart. And obviously the Detroit Lions have been in the league since its founding probably or, or soon thereafter. So they had a lot of fantastic years in the 40s and 50s. They actually have a really much better winning percentage than the Jets and other bad teams. Oh, wow. um, okay. Yeah. It's kind of so interesting. This is why you're here, right? Exactly. The worst NFL team by winning percentage in history is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh. still. Uh, defending Super Bowl champion exactly. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. Okay, just to be just to be clear. Now I see Roxy's face. She wants to cut in here. Okay, I have to go back. Okay, that's I'm fine. sorry. No, I have no, to go back. I have to apologize um, because in my brain, my brain molded the two actresses' faces who played Gladys Kravitz. Okay, molded them together in my brain and fused them into one person. So now I'm Christmas brain. So now I'm. I looked it up. Alice Pierce was the original Gladys Kravitz, and then in the third season, Sandra Gould came in and played Gladys Kravitz. And I liked her, but honestly, Alice Pierce, the original. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta go with her. She had the voice and the just the mannerisms. <laughs> she was just perfect. And most importantly, now you know what Roxy does when Ritz and I start talking about football. Yep, I look okay. up other things. <laughs> All right. She would always appear at the kitchen window. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, this is for uh, you and Tim Cree. Okay. Uh, Sully from Boston, quote, I need at least five or six in my mouth at one time. <laughs> How did Roxy and Tim Cree miss that one and say, that's what she said? Uh, <laughs> that, oh. Yeah, you missed that one. Oh, All right. Missed opportunities. And then I got hammered on this one from multiple people, but I'm going to go with Rupesh again. Diana, what did I say? Diana Plato, I guess, or Diane Plato? I don't know. Dana, I right? know it's Dana. I don't know what yeah. I said, but he's like, come on, Chuck. It is Dana Plato. It, it happens. All right. Now we have to get to this before we meet our littles today. Uh, we got butter talk real quick. I'm going to burn through these. Jenny Robbins writes in, so great to hear Jay Frey's backstory. Fabulous interview. Also glad you discovered more butter knowledge. Also, just for my knowledge, how do you put butter on corn on the cob, if not holding half the stick? Oh, that's easy. I slice a piece off. I jab it with my fork <laughs> enough to hold it on there, and then I just wipe it on. All right. Well, we're about to make no, 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 no. Go ahead, Ritz. <laughs> what do you What do you got, Ritz? So we take the full stick of butter, put it in the aforementioned butter dish, and then that gets passed around the table as everybody rolls mm-hmm. the warm ear of corn oh. around the butter. Yeah, but then rock, the butter isn't... The, yeah, oh. and the butter gets tri- disformed. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't look as nice. Well, that came up, Ritz. So let's go through these. <laughs> Smitty Scoop, in the movie War Games, the father buttered a slice of Wonder Bread. He then took that slice of bread and used it to butter the corn on the cob. I saw that movie 38 years ago and have never forgotten that. And yeah, it's also totally remember that. Yeah, yeah. And it also so you you're you don't burn your hand. The bread. Uh-huh. So you're holding the bread. Todd Takei, this will sound familiar. We just roll the ear over the stick of butter. It melts a nice groove in there. Now, Jeff Kenton, melt butter in a mug. Kind of what we do when we make our garlic, garlic bread. bread. Garlic mm-hmm. bread, yeah. Melt butter in a mug, put cob on plate, drizzle butter liberally Ooh. over cob while twisting it slowly. Ooh. Subsequent cobs, who can just eat one, may twist in the melted butter puddle as well as the mug drizzle. And then Jenny Robbins came back and took it even further saying you could mix the salt and pepper in the melted butter. Ooh. Right? Wait, yeah. I got to try yeah. that. So this is information for life, littles. I still like my <laughs> fork method, but... Yeah. I got to try that one. Yeah, this is great. All right. We still have much more, but we'll get to it when we come back because we have a great Meet the Littles guest. We're looking really forward to this one. She wait. She made us wait a long time. Uh-huh. I mean, not Todd Decay long time, but 
quite a bit of time. Yeah. So we're really excited. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hey, this is Jason Fraley from WTOP's Beyond the Fame podcast, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. I know I've said it before. I'll say it again. There is just something I love about new and original Christmas music. I don't know why. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the classics. Absolutely. But I just think there's something really cool about new and original Christmas music. We are being played in this episode by Danny Mortimer. And this song is called It's Christmas Time Again, Can You Feel the Snow? And he writes, so the song actually started out as a bit of a joke, to be honest. Having written and recorded music for a few years, my dad had suggested about releasing a Christmas song. It took me a few years to finally give in and even approach writing one. It wasn't until one of my musical influences, the Goo Goo Dolls, released a Christmas album that I began to think, hey, if they can release a full album, surely I can make one of my own. And that's basically what I did. So I wrote and recorded this song from September 2020 and finally finished it for its December release. It features my old drummer, Jack Nicholson, and with myself playing everything else on top of that. Guitars, vocals, bass, keyboards, etc. That's truly amazing, Danny. It really is. Littles, if you want to find his stuff, he's all over the place. Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music. I have a hyperlink I will put in the show notes, but you can also find him on his website, dannymortimer.co.uk. So that's D-A-N-N-Y-M-O-R-T-I-M-E-R.co.uk. He has a Facebook page, Danny Mortimer Music. And his Twitter account is at D underscore Mortimer Music. So you can find him all those places. And as always, we'll play the full song. It's Christmas time again. Can you feel the snow at the end of the podcast? All you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And Roxy, yes, this, this is more than fun. This one's going to be more than fun. I have a feeling. Yeah. Please welcome to the podcast, Marcy Dillon. Hey, Marcy, how's it going? Hey, Chuck. Hey, Roxy. It's so good to talk to you guys. We're finally so happy you're here. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. You made us wait a little while, not as long as others. Right. Todd to Kay, we're looking at right. you. Right. But this is great. We finally got this hooked up. We're really excited about it. We know you're a listener to the podcast. So thank you for that. And so you know what we do. Why don't we just turn it right over to you, take a second, and introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there. Sure. So I'm Marcy Dillon. I have been listening to the Tony Kornheiser show since approximately August of 2005. I am from Richmond, Virginia. Shout out to Scott Moffat. When I moved to D.C., which was in 1993, one of the first things I found literally was Tony Kornheiser in the style section. So to me, that is what Tony Kornheiser is. 
I know that he does the sports stuff as well. And don't get me wrong. I'm a huge sports fan, but to me, that's the essence of Tony. So when I learned about the podcast, what, 12 years later, I just was hooked from day one. It's just been great. I've been to Jingle Fest a number of times. Um, I do some stuff with littles outside of Jingle Fest and just really enjoy, you know, it's a different, it's it's evolved over the years, but it's still top-notch listening for me. Oh, that's great. Now let's go back though. Where did you grow up and all that stuff? So I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. We moved there. My I was actually born in Albuquerque and my dad was Air Force and we moved to Richmond when I was two, which for Richmond purposes means I'm not a true Richmonder. Um, Southerners will appreciate that. Anywho, and then I I was in Richmond until basically 1993. I decided on a lark, like complete lark. I was in the middle of law school. I had really hated it. I had decided to take a semester off and see what I wanted to do with life and went out to Colorado for a while and then came back and decided I didn't want to be a quitter. So I would go back to law school, which required two summers to make up the semester I missed. I was going to Venezuela for the second half of the summer, was casually dating a guy, not anything super serious, but we broke up. And that night I said, I'm moving to DC tomorrow. And my parents said, what do you mean you're moving to DC tomorrow? And I said, yeah, I'm I'm just until I go away for the summer, I'm going to move up there for six weeks or so. And they said, what are you going to do? I said, well, so this is 1993 and I was young. And so I said, well, you know, I, I don't know, either the White House or the Smithsonian, one of the two. And my parents called around and found a family friend I could stay with because they wanted some comfort level. And I ended up working at the Smithsonian. And they asked me to stay on for the school year, which was my third school year of law school. And I transferred up here to Georgetown and have never left. Wow. Wow. I mean, there's so much to dissect there. First, I got to go back and ask, (laughs) why Colorado? Just... Oh, I had a cousin in Colorado. Oh, okay. Okay. That and, you know, I wanted to do some skiing. Mm-hmm. So the plan was to stay out there, but I didn't bring my car. I took the overnight train from Richmond to DC to Chicago to Denver. And it was fascinating. And then I decided I needed a car. So I came back and my parents convinced me to stay till the summer. And that, that was their ploy to keep me from going right. back. And it worked. Oh, wow. But, hey, I think it worked out pretty well. I'm, I've been yeah. in DC. Okay. So yeah. now... Do you mind talking about work? What do you do now? I'm I'm an attorney, so I oh, stayed are. with okay. it. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I did. I, I did a lot of political campaigns in between. I worked for the World War II Memorial as well, which was probably oh, the best yeah. job I've ever had. Wow, yeah. Helped get that set up, did fundraising, and I worked for the executive director. He asked me to be his eyes and ears, so I just would sit in on all the meetings and kind of keep him apprised because it was a large large enterprise in terms of what needed to be done. And it was great. And I left there to go work on the Gore campaign in Florida mm-hmm. in 2000. Mm-hmm. I moved to Miami in August of 2000 and stayed through the recount. Wow. And, um, that was a long time. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> was a long time. Yeah. Yeah. One of, my, one of my favorite stories is I came back because we thought we were done with the recount, came back, went to the Christmas party at the World War II Memorial where they said, thank you for doing a good job, but not too good a job. It was great. And I got a call at the party and they said, you need to come back. Oh and so I went to the airport and this was, of course, pre 9-11. Right. So I went to the airport. I got on the flight they told me to get on. And when I landed, I called into headquarters and they said, well, where are you? And I said, I'm in Orlando. And they said, well, you're supposed to be in Tallahassee. <laughs> so, what? You bought the tickets. So. <laughs> now, can I, and if, again, if you don't want to go into this, that's totally fine. But I'm so genuinely curious. What is that like? 
because we see these numbers being thrown around and how close it is and stuff like that. I mean, was it really that close where literally recounting every vote? Yes. So it's a little bit different. Each county has their own way of doing it and in each state does as well. So I can't speak to each way that it's done. Right. And, and you'll see now the reason why there's paper ballots is so that when there is a recount, they can actually match up the paper against what the machine tabulation is. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So back then, that wasn't always the case. The big thing in Florida that year is you'll probably remember the butterfly ballot. Mm -hmm. And those were punch cards, and you would have to actually punch it all the way through. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't punch it all the way through, it was called a hanging, hanging chad. chad. Yeah. yeah. Pulled chads and all of that. And so it was, it was a different setup than now. There's a lot more security elements involved in voting sure. than we had back then. But yes, it was close because of the ballot. It was a two-sided ballot that was a little askew. And so you weren't really sure where you were supposed to vote for your candidate. And oh. in that race, a lot of people voted for Pat Buchanan. And just, yeah, go ahead. so he got a lot of votes he shouldn't have gotten. I mean, people fully admit that they're like, we didn't intend to vote for Pat. Yeah. Then you add on the whole Chad issue. It was years later, they did a full recount. You know, someone did a forensic analysis and it showed that Bush still won. That wasn't it. We weren't contesting like now, like we just don't like the results. It was like, hey, this has never happened before. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, how, do you, how do you do this? Right. And this was just in Florida, right? That was just in Florida that year. Yep. It wasn't like the elections we've just gone through where they're recounting like multiple, multiple states. states and things like that. Exactly. It was very limited to Florida and it really came down to the ballot itself, just the way it was done with the butterfly ballot and the chads. It's just such a unique situation. There's almost always a recount. You think, oh, they're so rare at all. Any election in the U.S., there's going to be some recount somewhere in the U.S. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They're always close. And right. some, you know, there was one in Virginia a couple of years ago where it literally came down to a coin toss as to who won. Because even after the recounts, it was the same. They were dead, dead tied. Wow. So I'm really grateful that I got to have the experience. It was, yeah. it was, a, you know, once in a life. Well, I thought it was a once in a lifetime. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sure seemed like it at the time. It um, did. Yeah. All right. So now I jotted because I always take some notes while you're talking because I don't want to interrupt at the time. You were really specific. August 2005. <laughs> Can you go? There must be a story there, right? Now I'm referring um, to you and Tony. Yes. So I was. So after the campaign, I did a couple other campaigns. So I did a Virginia gubernatorial election. I went back to Florida and did the first fundraising dinner for the Democratic candidates in Florida for 2001. And then I did a Virginia gubernatorial campaign. I did the Virginia part of the presidential campaign in 2004. And in between, I was doing what's called contract attorney work, which is basically it's legal work that you can kind of do on a per hour basis. And one of the projects I got on, because I was still like, do I want to go into campaigns? Do I want to go back and do museum work? What do I want to do? One of the projects I got on, I ended up meeting a boyfriend. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> he was the listener. I would do a shout out, but unfortunately he passed away oh, I'm um, so sorry. during COVID and he would get a big kick out of me doing this. So he really, that's actually part of, I think, how we started dating is because he said, oh, you know, I'm listening to this podcast. And I said, oh, tell me more. And so that's how it, I know specifically when it was. Now, but you said you also read him in the style section, right? Yes. Loved. I mean, his bandwagon columns. Imagine Tony 
doing his show as a column mm. or a columnist. I mean, it's, it's very, it's a little catty. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's interesting. Mm. He made reference to Amy Singer's book about Miss America the other day. Yep. And it's her book is kind of the same take that Tony would have. And she actually credits Tony on introducing her to Miss America, one of oh. his columns when she was growing up. So he just, he had a lot of fun and always very funny. And he said a number of times when he chose to come to Washington and leave the New York Times, it was because they were giving him the style column. Oh, neat. And, you know, he had never been to D.C. before. I mean, I'm sure for travel, but he hadn't lived in D.C. Right. It wasn't a long sure. goal. But it just, you'd wake up and you what did he say now? All right. Well, real quick, can you just go into, um, I'm assuming you're all DC sports fandom or you did say you moved around a little bit, but you were much younger then. So I was much younger then. Yeah. yeah. So I, just growing up in Richmond, Richmond is considered a, a Washington suburb for sports. So right. we grew up with the, now the WFT. I have to say, I love calling them the WFT. It just cracks <laughs> me up. I, I really hope they don't change it. I, and when you get mad at them, you just say WTF, WFT. Right. That's oh. what I kind of, you know, I mean, you know, you are talking now on the WTFC podcast network, so we understand. So, yeah, I kind of like it. Now, who'd we just talk to recently? Not too long ago, it came, it was a clever name because he was referring to, uh, remember the hogs? Remember that? defense yes the hog. so yes. he thought right it would be cute to maybe go with pigskins mm-hmm. the pigskins mm-hmm. you know because it's you know it's kind of i mean i always like to yeah i like tony's idea of having red potatoes on the yes on your helmet just yes. calling them the red skins <laughs> right um, <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> that was great that with that yes exactly <laughs> Um, wow. All right. <laughs> but well, no, I actually, I named my dog who's with me now, Bailey. I got him from a shelter and his name was Chirp and oh. I named him Chirp Bailey oh, or Champ Bailey. Yeah. Wow. And, um, yep. So I did actually watch Champ Bailey at, when he was at Georgia. So there was that. I went to UVA. We didn't really have much of a football team when I was there back mm-hmm. in the, back in the day, but I had a lot of friends that were Georgia Bulldogs. So I... Right. He's, my dog is 15 now, if you can believe oh, that. Wow. So, and football is your favorite sport? Yeah. I mean, college basketball as well. Mm-hmm. I married a guy who's not into organized sports. So after being a lifelong sports fan, <laughs> we just don't do as much. We have our son is playing rugby. We have season tickets to the Major League Rugby. The local team is the DC Old Glory or oh, Old nice. Glory DC. Mm-hmm. And we go to those games and we went to see the USA Eagles play the Australia All Blacks. I mean, the New Zealand All Blacks. Sorry about that. Gotcha. New Zealand All Blacks. And they have the waka that they do, which is, which was really cool. Although, okay. this, um, I didn't even know us. DC had a rugby team. So that's. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Interesting. And yeah, we lost the USA lost to New Zealand. What was it? 104 to 14. But it was really, it was great to see. That sounds like Hartwick versus Binghamton in basketball. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, listen, you can stick around, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to have to take a quick break. So, uh, all right. All you little listeners will be right back. Hi, this is Tony Beeson, and I'm banging keys randomly while I listen to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. We're meeting the littles. We are here with Marcy Dillon and so many cool stories. Oh, I got another one. I can't wait to hear. So you talked about you got to work on the World War II, not a monument. It's the The memorial. memorial. Right. Okay. 
Now, Bob Dole just passed away recently, and I honestly didn't know half as much as I thought I knew, because I have been there to see it. And what was that like working on that, I guess is my question. It was phenomenal. Like I said, it was one of the best jobs I've ever had. It was so worthwhile on so many levels. I did it to honor my grandfather, technically my Mm -hmm. step-grandfather, who uh, fought in the Pacific Theater in World War II. He was a pilot. And just being able to get this thing off the ground. We talked to so many veterans. We would reach out. I was part of the fundraising group. We would reach out to individuals, small dollar donors, large donors, and just hear them talk because World War II, especially growing up in the, I grew up in basically the 70s and 80s and 90s, and there just wasn't a lot of war. Yeah, I mean, we'd had Vietnam, but, mm-hmm. you know, there really was this whole period where nobody knew anything about the military. And my dad had been military. My uncle actually died in Vietnam. But other than that, there just hadn't been a lot. And so I wanted to do something to honor my grandfather. I got to go with Bob Dole on visits to things. It was fascinating to be around him. One of his cousins, because he's one of, I think, 13 and my friend is the son of one of the younger kids, and he was one of the older kids. So they were, yeah, the Bob Dole was one of the children of the older ones. So even though there's like 40, 50 years between Bob Dole and my friend, they were still technically first cousins. Wow, yeah. I mean, Roxy, Justin, does this count as bury the lead moment of the... Of the I know, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, Littles, I had no idea. Okay, all right, sorry. This is fascinating. Go on, sorry. Yeah, no, so... Being with him, calling people, talking to them, I would call up donors and they would just tell their stories. One of the things we did for mid-range donors is we found old magazines from the 1940s and they had commercials in them or advertisements like they normally would. And we would take them out and get them framed and give them as gifts. And just to see some of what was going on on the home front while the war was going on Uh through these ads was utterly fascinating. You would see, you know, whether it was a cigarette ad or a food ad, basically any time of advertisement, it would be tied into the war effort. Mm -hmm. And just to see the overall all-encompassing notion of war and the whole country was at war. It wasn't just the guys out fighting. Right. Um, So that was fascinating to me. I was a history major. So, you know, I really got to enjoy learning about that. Going with Bob Dole to of speeches. We had a team of, of speechwriters. One main guy did the speeches, but then we would all, not we all, but some of us would get to help with writing and being able to write from different perspectives. And you had to coordinate speeches with other people who were also giving speeches. So if it was a congressional testimony and you had three people speaking, they all had to cover different parts of the speech to right. get the story across. Right. Or if we were going before one of the design review boards, same thing. He would give a speech, but someone else would usually be there also giving a different part of the speech. But yeah, then I was in Florida for the groundbreaking. So I missed that. But I did get to go to the dedication. I've been back since. I give tours next time you're in D.C. Okay. It's just one of my favorite places and was so needed and long awaited, mainly because the greatest generation never thought of it as doing other than their duty. Right. So, and I don't know if you know of Tom Hanks' involvement in it. No. So it was the Golden Globes in 99, and he had just done Saving Private Ryan. Mm -hmm. And at the Golden Globes Awards, which, correct me, but I believe are in January, he, when he won, he 
gave the number for the World War II Memorial fundraising line out in his acceptance speech. Oh, wow. And flooded the phone lines. And so they immediately got in touch with him and said, do you want to be our spokesman? And he said, yes, absolutely. And so he was the spokesman until the project was done. Right. And so helpful. So amazing. Just a really great guy to have on hand. I love him. Yeah. Now, my only obvious other question would be what the hell took them so long? Again, it's because they they weren't rallying for it. They felt no need. To them, it was just their duty. And if you ever read Tom Brokaw's book, The The Greatest Generation, he really goes into depth about this was just what they did. Uh You know, this guy's job was to go off to war. This guy's job was to stay home and work in the factory because he had a deferment for whatever reason. It was usually truly medical um, for the guys that stayed home. Um, And that war and the women and Rosie the Riveter and Mm -hmm. everybody coming together. It just... They yeah. just thought that's what we did. I've so. always been so fascinated by that time period, the 30s, 40s, and even 50s after the war, and just what our country was then and what people did. And it was no questions asked. They just did what they had to do. And I've always been so fascinated by that Yeah, the whole thing is just fascinating. Yeah. It really is. And this is amazing. I mean, Mar- Mar- we had no idea with no. your involvement. I really had no so idea. So cool. <laughs> um, so, well, just, just a plug for if you have not watched Foil's War, the British series. Mm-hmm. It's an exceptionally well done series on World War II. It's your standard detective mystery, but they bring the background of what was going on during the war at that particular time that they focused on. And they cover the entire war period over their six or seven wow. series run. Oh, and they give you background on one of the cases, for example, the guy can't say what he's working on, but it's a secret facility. And when they finally get in there, it's because he's building coffins. And they didn't want people to know that that many coffins were being built. Wow. Because ice cream trucks were used for to carry yeah, bodies. Yeah. yeah. Well, Foil's War, highly recommend. It's long over, but it's, it's well, worth We will definitely use that. that as our tiny little suggestion yeah. for this episode. Yes. Thank you for that. I mean, this has been fantastic. Now, we're running out of time, but we have to get to our fun dumb questions, if that's okay. Yes, please do. All right. So where do you want to start, Roxy? Oh, well, I always start with the more serious. All right, let me go first. <laughs> I mean, let's just let's just lay it out there. What, what do you do with your butter? Refrigerator, <laughs> counter? What do we do? I actually don't use butter that often. Okay. I like a little bit of the softened butter when, um, when I do use it, mm-hmm. but I, I rarely, I don't put it on things that often. Okay. All right. I'm going to go a little serious. If you could have dinner with anyone from history, who would it be? That's a good one. Oh, that is a good one. I would... And if you can't decide, a top three is fine. (laughs) No, you know, I think I'd like to sit down with Churchill. I think Ah. talk about the war, Mm because that's always been an interest of mine, Mm -hmm. especially with having worked at the World War II Memorial. I'm, I'm a huge British history fan as well. And I just think he'd be a fun time, too. Yeah. Do you watch um, the new show Ghost by any chance? No, okay. I do not. The writing is very clever. Yeah. I mean, it's not one of my all-time new favorite shows, but it is getting decent ratings mm-hmm. and stuff. But I was okay, just no, That somehow led me to a very weird tangent, but I'm going to go on it. One of the jobs I had right out of law school was a trust and estates attorney. I did all pro bono, not pro bono, I did all post-mortem probate work. And what I would do is sit and meet with the grieving spouse. And I got so many wonderful stories from that. So my plug to everyone is if you do not have a will or trust set up now, power of attorney and medical power of attorney, please, please, please do that. You can find lawyers in your town. There's low cost, there's high cost. 
but get it done so your family doesn't have to figure it out for you. Very okay. good, tiny little suggestion. <laughs> Chuck here needs to do Sorry, that. Sorry, back to the womp no, 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 that's okay. I just, I'm, no, it's I'm, very, I'm listening it's very to you good. preach, and it's all so right there and right on, mm-hmm. and it's something I've been meaning We've and needing to do it. for a mm-hmm. long time, and I just never, there's always something that comes up that's either more important to me, you know, which, but you're right, it should be one of the top things. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, so that's that's a good ultimate tiny little that's a huge little suggestion. Right <laughs> so uh, and and full disclosure, I mean Roxy does go with the series, but they do Roxy in your defense. They do always produce the better answers, I feel like. Well, but, not always. Not I mean always, some of the funny ones are gold, Jerry, gold, yeah, but I guess. More the more thought provoking. Yeah, no, absolutely. Answers. But I mean mm-hmm. people do want to know if you were going to be a cartoon character for a week, who would it be? Oh, gosh, a cartoon character. I, you know, Spongebob popped into my head, but I really am not a huge Spongebob fan. My, my son is, and we watched it today. I don't know. Can I switch topics and say what I'd love my tele... I would love to teleport. So anyone, any character that can teleport, I would like that person. Oh, okay. Cool. And where would you go? I would go everywhere, and I would never sit in traffic again. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the best answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And you're going to, this. people are going to think I'm insane. But when I would actually have a car in Manhattan back in the day, when I drive in for auditions and stuff, if I was going into Jersey, okay, I would rather move like at 10 or 15 miles an hour up the West Side Highway, all the way up to the GW Bridge, go across the GW Bridge and then back down through Jersey instead of sitting Going in, nowhere for 45 tunnel. minutes to an hour, just waiting to get into the tunnel because yes. I was at least moving a little bit. Yeah. So. You feel like you're productive that way. Yeah. I mean, total waste of gas, waste of time, yep. blah, blah, blah. But, you know, now mind yep. you, this was pre cell phones and mm-hmm. stuff too. So I had nothing, you know, you just had the radio basically to yep. keep you company. So, do you like ice cream? I do. What's your favorite flavor? I'm a sucker for plain chocolate and, mm. and, Briar's vanilla bean. Mm-hmm. Um, Briar's is eat, really good. I there's a lot. I mean, I like the Talenti chocolate chocolate. There's not a lot of ice cream that I would turn down. You realize Roxy Roop and like Tony Beeson just cringed when you said that. <laughs> Briar's. Well, if you're in a pinch. <laughs> okay, all right, fine. If you're in a pinch, and you but... need you need that ice cream. <laughs> Like, yeah, and, and I do eat it over the sink. Of course you do. Perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. This may sound weird, and I know I'm getting old. I'm not Tony old yet, but I'm getting there. But I eat a lot more than I used to over the sink because it just saves some time later, I feel like, cleaning up exactly. after yourself. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still a, no, I got to go sit down. No, you go sit down. <laughs> no, when you're not here, Roxy, a lot of times, yeah. like when I'm eating lunch, you eat a she's lot not in here, the kitchen. I'll go and just lean over. The, you know, it just saves time later, I feel mm-hmm. like. So anyway, I don't know. It's not just ice cream, I guess is my point. So <laughs> are you a music fan? I am. All right. So who would you introduce on Saturday Night Live if you were hosting? Or who would you want to, excuse me? Who would I want to introduce? Oh, I'm, I'm one of those rarities that I love radio because they choose the songs for me because mm-hmm. I love so many things. Well, I was just going to, th- I just had a thought. Do you want to oh, flip it? Sure. Like if you were hosting, but you're not at that point in your life and you're famous to in like say, fame. I get to call who's the shot. And they just say, oh, by the way, so-and-so is the musical guest tonight. And you're just like, to the point where like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I don't even want to host anymore. <laughs> Like, who's that band or that singer? That's a good twist. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to do the first question. Okay. First question, please. So I grew up going to Grateful Dead shows Mm. 
And my dad loved folk music. So I grew up with a lot of Judd Bias. He went to Bob Dylan's first show. I also, I just adored R.E.M. So side note, the Dave Matthews Band Mm -hmm. was playing gigs when I was in law school in Richmond. And they would play in Charlottesville one night. They played in Richmond one night, other nights. And after studying every Wednesday night, my group of friends from law school would go down to the flood zone in Richmond and watch Dave Matthews band. Wow. And when it came time for our Halloween party prom thing, we just said, can you guys play for us? And they said, you know, we, we don't do that. And we said, do you recognize any of us? And they're like, yeah, you guys are here like every week. And they played. (laughs) And then the record came out like the next year. Wow. (laughs) You have one more? Yeah. What do you think is the greatest invention of all time? I have answered that before. I actually think the photocopier because you're able to duplicate things Mm. immediately. I mean, obviously the computer and things like that came along later, but it really revolutionized the way people were able to communicate back in the day. And I think that led to a lot of what came later. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a, that's a great answer. I love that answer. Because I sit there sometimes when I'm making 100 copies of something and I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> what was it like back in the day when we didn't have this kind yep. of stuff? But all right, Marcy. Well, you know, unfortunately, we're running out of time. This has been so fascinating. I, know. I cannot. We I, have to get down there and meet yes, you. Yes, we're, we're going to take you up on that tour. Yeah. And Dwan Reese, we, we're, we're not forgetting about her either. No. Nope. Because she's made some offers too, as far mm-hmm. as, you know, getting to her place because she works with the Smithsonian and stuff. And Yes, uh, we could, and they're practically next door, so we oh, could do it. Yeah. I did not realize that. Okay. Yes. That'd be great. A little Littles meetup. I love DC. I know. We both really love DC, and we've been having some chats about it recently. <laughs> uh, well, come on down. There's <laughs> great theater down here. I know. We just don't know anyone down there. That's the problem. Except the Littles. So Except the Littles, which is fine. Which is, that's a big start. <laughs> that's a big plus. It is. Before honestly. we started this podcast, There's we knew so nobody. Many, so many of you down there that were like, I wish we could just go out and hang out. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. We'll You'd be about. amazed, though. I bet through your theater connection, probably you would have been think. here. Yeah. But you never know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this is about you. Is there anything we yes. can plug for you? How can we find you? You're on Twitter and all that stuff? I am on Twitter. I'm so bad, though. I can't remember if it... I think it's DC McDillon or McDillon DC. I can't remember. It is DC McDillon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Roxy just found you. We'll make sure that's in the show notes. Anything we can plug for you? I'm good. Like I said, just okay. look at a will and trust. It's, ah, it's ingrained well. in me. I used to give them as wedding presents to my friends. <laughs> Are you serious? As that's a wedding actually present? really smart. It's actually really smart, but that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm a little bit stuck in this crawl, but I do think it's really important. So. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I don't that's mean to make light of it. No, say. really. And mm-hmm. when you were saying it, you should have seen my face. Roxy's looking at me like, uh-huh, are you listening? Are you listening? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, all right, Marcy, thank you so much for coming on the Loyal Littles podcast. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over okay. or under? Okay, so here's the thing. For years, years, I was under and I chuck-totted everything. I would go to people's <laughs> houses and flip them around. Then after I got married, my husband's an over and I no longer have my cat. And I th- ah. think it's so much more efficient to be an over. Right. And I'm just blown away that I had this transformation. So if you have a cat, under definitely, but no cat, I'm an over. Oh, nice. <laughs> and you chuck-totted it? Is that what we said? I did. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so great. Marcy, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. This has been fascinating. Thank you both. This was great. I really appreciate it. All right, all you loyal listeners, we'll be right back. A bird, a plane, 
Now, the Loyal Littles Podcast. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And thank you, Marcy, for coming on and meeting the Littles. Such fun. every time. Now, that one was so interesting, Roxy. Yeah. There was just, and it's so, I don't know how to explain it. You know, Littles, we, we have these forms and they fill them out. And, but there's so many times where they don't tell us stuff. <laughs> It's like, yeah, just that's the, become the format. Yeah. And that's fine. I, I like it, actually. It mm-hmm. makes it fresh for us. Yep. Like, we don't know what to expect. And, nope. you know, we love it's like the, that first date when you find out yeah. you know, interesting <laughs> things about the yeah. other person. Exactly. Now, Ritz, <laughs> we found you tonight by accident because full disclosure, I got home from my show tonight. Full disclosure, we are recording on Wednesday night. We're hoping we can drop this tomorrow morning, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Rich, you posted something on Facebook and it kind of hit me and it also meant that I knew you were up. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to see if Ritz can come on tonight. And we started this at 10.50 p.m. exactly. And yep. there was symbolism behind that because 41 years ago at 10.50 p.m., uh, John Lennon was shot. So now you went for a run up there tonight. Is that true? Yeah, I typically run. I lead a group on Wednesday night and uh, we actually deliberately ran up the west side of Central Park and looped around and then ran what they call now Strawberry Field. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, every year it's a huge gathering spot for people and they're all singing Beatles songs. It's it's unbelievable. And it's still unbelievable that it happened 41 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. But we thought, well, it'll be a nice little remembrance. And, you know, we wanted to acknowledge it for sure. Well, let's get into some TV talk. Okay. Now, Ritz, I don't know if you saw any of these, but we're going to start real quick. We recommended the other night, we said we were going to watch The Facts of Life and Different Strokes. Yep. Reboots, Mm -hmm. I guess they were calling them. Ritz, did you happen to see those? I have not seen them yet, and I really do want to see them. Oh, okay. So, spoiler alert. Um, Okay. (laughs) it's It's not that big of a deal. I mean... We watched them. Um, you actually haven't finished Different Strokes yet. I haven't finished Different Strokes, um, but like I started it minutes. to see who's, yeah. who's who and what's what. It's just interesting. I mean, there were some really good things about it. Yeah, first both of, all, of them. But Facts of Life, let's start there because that's the first one. Mm-hmm. Shout out Lisa. How do you say her Welchel. last name? Welchel. Welchel. I always want to say that wrong. Mindy Khan and Kim Fields. Uh-huh. They were on site for this. Okay, yes. Now, this is a live event, supposedly. Okay. Lisa looks effing amazing like she looks great why they had jennifer aniston play her in this thing except that they were getting people for all the roles so i sort of get that i mean lisa looked like blair like yeah i don't know well i don't know if it's whatever but she looks not a day older than she did when she was on the show i know and we watched her on survivor too yes and she looked not great there but but i mean that's survivor but still i mean she you could still see that she was herself so maybe they didn't do that because obviously mindy khan you could see she aged a little bit understandably i'm not trying yeah i'm not making fun of them or anything and and kim kim fields looked pretty good too though she did yeah but holy cow they had lisa came out to sing the theme song of the facts of life yeah and she looked she had her uniform on she looked great yeah new york post gave her a nice shout out today oh really yeah yeah they did seriously she looks amazing and i recommend facts of life the woman who played mrs garrett fan freaking tastic now the thing i the only thing i don't understand about these it was directed by james burroughs who's brilliant he directs everything he's the you know he did cheers he did he does everything he does two and a half men all these all these great shows and i don't know if it's directing or if it was the acting or whatever but it's weird because some of the actors they clearly go there like the mrs garrett she went there to do the best imitation of mrs garrett she could then there's the others like the girl who who played um 2d uh gabrielle Gabrielle Union. union yeah she did not at all 
she didn't have a voice. She didn't. She just played it like herself. She looked like her. She, yeah, she looked. She they looked all the looked part. like the part. But it's weird because some people go there to like make it over the top, like the girl who played Joe, and then the other ones, Catherine Hahn. Right, and all the other ones tried to just. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. So it's a little confusing because it's a mixed cast. And again, I don't know if that's directing. I will say I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil this. But Facts of Life has some of the best cameos. Yeah, it's pretty good. Ever. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. I, I highly recommend you at least watch that, especially if you're a fan of the show. Now, Different Strokes, eh, you have to really suspend disbelief a lot because they have adults playing the kids. I don't understand that. But I, that's really fun for them. Oh, I think it was fun for them. I, I just don't understand. Like we were talking about, like, right. they could get, uh, what's Will his Smith's name? Will Smith's kids. kids or something. You know, some famous people, famous kids. Like, well, okay, we didn't need a female. Now I was going to say, what about the girl who just played Annie Live? You know, I mean, or whatever. You know, right. I mean, we could do that. And we're going to come back there in a second. Uh, but anyway, so and you haven't Did seen they it. they do a what you talking about Willis they do moment, one. though? Yes. Okay. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. It does happen. It does happen. I mean, it and has it's to. Well, actually, the best part was Todd Bridges, who sadly is the only surviving cast member from that show. Yeah. I mean, right. besides like supporting like Kim Fields was also on a couple mm-hmm. episodes and stuff like that. But as far as the leads, he's the only one left. Yeah, it's really sad. So sad. And he actually came on to introduce it. So that was fun he to was see great. him. Oh, he was great. He looks great. And he actually, the last thing he says, and for the last time, if you come and see me on the street, don't ask me what I'm talking about. He's like, you know, <laughs> so, so that was cute. And overall, it just wasn't, to me, it wasn't as good as the other. If I ranked the four, because they did last year, they did All in the Family and Jefferson's right. and Facts of Life. But Facts of Life, really good. So I, I'd say check it out, Littles. Uh, I don't want to yeah. say any more. I'm because, excited to finish it. Yeah, no spoilers. And I mean, I know we already spoiled something, so I apologize if you haven't seen it. But yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. And But I will say this about Different Strokes. The one thing that came from, and this is semi-spoiler, is what they call it a salami pickle peanut butter sandwich was brought up in the episode. It was. And I thought, huh. It was. Wonder which little's gonna try that and let us know. Salami pickles. Salami pickles. No, he didn't say what kind of pickles. Salami pickles peanut butter sandwich. And he didn't say I if would the bread say was whatever toasted. generic pickles you got. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, listen, that's almost touching on the cucumber motif right. that we brought yeah. up True. a few weeks ago. Absolutely. But the salami with peanut butter? I love salami. Yeah. And I love <laughs> peanut butter, but together? I don't know. Yeah. Now, well, that salami, bacon, almost. Yeah, yeah I let's guess. let's get back to Annie Live, which we still have not seen. Mm-hmm. Rich, you haven't seen it, right? I saw parts of it. I have not gotten through it. Okay, you know, that, you that's I your have review. A couple of friends in that show <laughs> haven't um, gotten through it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, meaning that it's DVR'd. And gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. just haven't devoted the full hour or whatever it is, hour and a half. Oh, yeah. I'm sure right. it's more than that. Right. Probably. Right. Yeah. So okay. So I'm gonna give a little plug then. Go to Chatter on Books. Most recent episode. First of all, it's a great episode. Obviously, Tori Clark, host, all the good friends, DA. Okay. But this last episode, she had Amy, artist singer. She's the author of the Miss America book that Tony was talking all about on the big show. Great interview. But some of the interview was about Annie Live. So I'm. we're just going to... We're just going to concede our time to that podcast because it's a great podcast. You should hear it. They didn't really like it. I'm just saying. Oh. Okay. But um, so I told her, I said, well, Tori, I'll just let everyone, I'll, I'll just steer everyone your way if they want the review of Annie live. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now let's get to one of our last emails of the episode. And this is for you, Roxy. Okay. Ears, Nestor, ears. No. Such a sad one. Yes. I think they stopped showing it on TV in the mid eighties. Now, yeah, because it's, so sad and t- traumatizing. We're talking about Nestor the Christmas Donkey. 
Ugh, the worst. Up, that we brought up last episode. Now, so what we see, what we get isn't TV. Yeah, it was on TV. That's how we just saw it. Yeah, you So it was TV. like on AMC or something. So they're playing yeah. all these Still old. dabbing my tears so, away. So I'm, oh my gosh. I'm sure she means like network TV, like yeah, like Rudolph and those. So okay. right, yeah. I don't typically see it. It's not one that you see often. Oh no, no, no. So. Well, you've never seen it. So there you go. Okay, which brings us to the next one. Our review for this last episode. We watched Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. I believe is what it was called. <laughs> Did um, I stay awake for that? <laughs> That's our review. <laughs> Next. Uh, no, I thought no. it was cute. No, come on. Stop. Stop being nice. Where do you find these guys? Well, they're like on AMC. They, they usually air know, like at two in the morning and we just have it set to record. We This was a random one. We I had never seen it either, which I couldn't believe. How did we have this one set to record though? Well, I think last year we set it to record a bunch and oh, it just and, re-triggered oh, okay. somehow. Right, I don't I right. don't know. Right. They just appear in our <laughs> library. In our library. <laughs> and it's great because we love these things. Right. We really enjoy these you know, Rankin and Bass. And now, stuff. this one wasn't Rankin and Bass. Mm. Or they produced it, but they didn't. They, de- didn't, they didn't make it. Right. They just produced it. Yeah. And it showed. That's all I'm going to say. Now, the first thing that I have to say, it really had nothing to do with Christmas. It was really odd, except it had to do with a tree that. It was a like an evergreen that was. Someone dug up, and there was this witch that was buried that the leprechauns buried under it. But the again, tree was it, helping plug up the hole or this something. This reminded me that I'm going to open a can here, and I am. I'm, I'm sorry. But the only thing I feel like this is a diehard moment and a lethal weapon moment because I feel like the only thing this had to do with Christmas was that the boat that came ashore happened to come ashore on Christmas Eve. Yeah. (laughs) And that made it a Christmas special. So this might be the tiebreaker, Littles. That's That's all I'm going to say. Now, I will say quick shout out to Sully in Boston because he sent me another thing. I guess he posted a couple years ago. Maybe he'll post it again, but it's top notch. He created this video proving why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. (laughs) Of course he did. Of course he did. And it's, but no, and I'm being serious. I have to give credit where credit's due. It's really well done. And apparently he said he really likes doing these. He just doesn't have time. Because I said, when's the next one? And we had a really nice conversation about it. But really, really, bravo, sir. I mean, I hope maybe you'll repost it. I don't want to do it without permission. And I'm sure he'd be fine with it. But I'm still trying to come to terms with the fact that Die Hard is a part of our proposal story. <laughs> Are you guys going to share that story? Well, we already did. did I mean, we? it's not okay. it's not a big deal. It's what I watched on the plane. I stayed yeah. up on the flight, the the red eye to come from Denver to New York instead of flying Denver to Orlando with the cast. Right. I I watched Die Hard and I was home. Right. And it was perfect. Right. It was like, At least yeah. you didn't uh, mix up the proposal and say yippee yay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. And then lastly, we hear from Claire Natola. We got an email. I have just four words. Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. At 53 minutes, it doesn't qualify as a Christmas movie, but it's the best Christmas special of all time. If you've never seen it, find it. No other Dickens will do. Now, I don't know how Eric Lonergan feels about that, because I'm sure he's going to say, like, the Muppets. Right. So, all right. But, Claire, what we're going to say is that's next on the docket. We're going to find it. That's going to be our next Christmas special, because that's what we've been doing. We've been doing, like, Christmas specials. Yeah. And we're going to give you a quick review. So, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. I've never seen it. You've never seen it. I love me Mr. Magoo, though. I got to say. Oh, great. But have you seen this? No, I'm going to look it up. Thank you, Cool Aunt Claire. Yeah, right? So, okay, that's great. So we're going to get to that. I will rest my case with Die Hard, released July of 1988. (laughs) Summer blockbuster. Whoa. But it's a Christmas movie released. No. Christmas in July. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Disagree. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, I want to see that video. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. All right. That's all the time we have. Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at WTFCpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget to run over to iTunes, Apple, and give us a nice rate and review over there. We really appreciate it. Thank you again, Marcy Dillon, for coming on to Meet the Littles, and Jason Fraley, Tony Beeson, and Shad in D.C. for our bumpers this week. Ritz, great to have you back. Awesome to be with you guys. Thanks. Yeah. And as always, if you're out shopping online, which a lot of us are doing now because it's holidays. It's yeah. the season. It's crazy. Don't forget to use the code. Yeah, you guys are here like every week.
Loyal Littles podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. I would go everywhere and I would never sit in traffic again. Oh, yeah.